By watching or listening to this show, you are acknowledging that you are of legal age to purchase and consume cannabis in your region. This production is for adults only. Have you seen the slash? Made by users for users. Engineered for flavor. One of the coolest features around. A built-in loading tool. Learn more at www.stonesmiths.ca. of Cannabis, a joint venture between the Green Generation Co. and the Cannabis 101 podcast. Bringing you the latest bud, biz, buzz. Uh, welcoming in Malka LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. You can find it online at www.greengencompany.com and find out how Melka can help you. Hello, Melka. How are you? Hi, Dean. How are you? I'm doing well. I am good. I'm looking at uh, a lot of snow, but that just means that March is going to go out like a lamb, I think, uh, as they say. But that's okay. I don't mind seeing the rabbit tracks. It's better than when it was minus 50 and there was no tracks, so we can't complain uh, too much. And We, we know that uh, with April comes spring eventually, so we're, we're just about out of this, right? It's coming. It's it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, you and I are in this industry and we know kind of, well, I, I certainly don't know as much as uh, I think uh, what you, you have uh, for knowledge of this industry. I interview a lot of people who have a lot of knowledge, but there are a lot of people out there that are very confused by just the word cannabis. I mean, I had an insurance guest last on last week who was denied a space because they were going to be cannabis insurance which is the farthest thing from the actual plant that there can be. So I think what oh. you're talking about today is so perfect in trying to explain cannabis to people, uh, almost like we have to dumb it down uh, for some people. Exactly. Yeah. So I actually, I heard, I was listening to his episode and I was like cringing in, in like common denominator. Like I fully understood exactly what he was talking about. Um, so, you know, the concept is, 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 is that cannabis has not really been well defined anywhere. Um, and as I, I know that because I'm literally in the group that's responsible for defining it at an international level, and they're not even close to being done yet. So um, I, I have that perspective, which is rare. You know, there aren't that many people in that group at the ISO level. But what that means is that, you know, I was trying to figure, figure out, like, how do you explain this? very complex uh, plant to people that just don't get it. And it really comes down to a couple of key points. It's, it's you know, I, I, we, I use, this, we use this, this expression a lot in businesses, especially when you're in investment, is keep it simple. Like explain it to like a five-year-old. Can you explain this to me like I'm five? Like not in a condescending way, but as in use like common terms and simple wording. And, and that's really what this is all about is, is, you know, there's been quite a bit of back and forth on, on LinkedIn and like what, you know, how are things, 
how do you explain this plant that has literally thousands of active molecules? And that was a new thing for me to learn. That was actually one of a recent understanding that I had was that the cannabis plant has thousands of root of why it was really needed in the first place and there's been a lot of people that talk about you know it's, it's it's racist and all these things which is very much true i'm not disputing that but it doesn't explain like why it was you know essentially why it's still prohibited in countries where minority or other races are the predominant population um that just you know that's sort of like the easy american answer well it has to do with black lives matter or something so i'm trying to use these this example as in you know, it's not because it was racist that was the reason why it was prohibitive. It was the reason why people didn't understand the plant because it was so complex. And that's why it was sort of, let's put it into, we don't understand it. So we're just going to make it bad bucket. So that's where this came from is that there was a bunch of commentary around the origins of the, you know, why cannabis is, you know, prohibited, et cetera, on LinkedIn. And this uh, uh, simpli simplistic example was, that I was using for comparison is is like the tooth fairy example. So the tooth fairy is a story that we tell children um, be, to the, like a sort of like a positive story, as in like you know you're going to lose your teeth. Which if you think about it, losing your teeth at five years old is a very traumatic concept. Like these things are going to fall out of your face and be bleeding, and it's going to hurt. So in order to prevent the children from freaking out or being having a massive anxiety panic attack out of this. Society has invented the tooth fairy as a very reasonable explanation, not only to explain a very complex and, you know, anatomic, an, 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 something happens to every body, but that children just don't get yet. And that now let's wrap, wrap it around this story that involves an incentive program for the kids to comply with the tooth fairy's activities, as well as with the household responsibilities like the chores or brushing your teeth, which will, all of those things wrapped together is like the tooth fairy, the tooth fairy lie, I guess you can call it. So I, the people that were having this commentary around like the racist parts about cannabis were saying, well, like, you know, we all know the truth, tooth fairy isn't true. And, I, and I'm like recognizing the person that wrote this doesn't have children. So I'm like, actually, the tooth fairy lie, kind of like the Santa Claus story, has some very specific and important uses in the development of children and in, in, in helping children understand like the rules and the, the structure in the society in which they live. So the tooth fairy example is, you know, your tooth, you, know, you get the story told when you're really little, usually from other kids. It's sort of like this passed down, like, you know, story. <laughs> and the parents, like, know that everybody knows the story. And essentially, the parents create the rules around which it exists. So, you know, like my daughter, she had to write the letter or like dictate the letter as to what were her wants from the tooth fairy if she gave the tooth fairy her tooth under the pillow. And so in our house, our daughter was practicing her penmanship and her creative things. And we essentially, she wrote a letter saying she wanted $10 for her tooth, which is totally off the radar for, for, you know, pricing a tooth. But the point was, is it got her to constructively put together an ask. And then we had, we had the ability as parents to enforce like, well, if you don't brush your teeth, the tooth fairy's not going to want that tooth for her, you know, shiny castle, which is the story in Peppa Pig that I illustrate here. Peppa Pig talks about, you know, she's a character for a five-year-old. But she essentially allows the, the, tooth, the tooth fairy story to perpetuate itself in common culture. 
And, and that's what I was using with the analogy with this entourage poster. And this entourage poster, which is a fantastic show, if you haven't seen it, you need to watch this entire series and the movie, because this is an example of a complex relationship between men that is sort of analogous to how the, the relationship between the elements of the plant or the entourage effect, where all the bits and pieces work together to make a greater thing that's better for everybody or better for the whole. And that's a relatable story that if, even if you haven't seen the movie, you could explain what the mood's going on in the movie to a five-year-old. Like there's a bunch of people, there's a movie star in the middle. He's like the most famous guy and here's his friends and his you know, family that's helping him be successful. So because you can explain it to a five-year-old, therefore anyone can get it. And this poster that was created by somebody else, I think Cody Peterson on LinkedIn is credited with creating it. That's where I first saw it. This is the kind of thing that was like, aha, this is the kind of analogy that we need to explain cannabis where it's relatable enough that the common people that don't understand cannabis and maybe get entourage the movie, it's a common ground that we can now use to further go deeper into what this plant is. Well, the, uh, and, and that goes along with the, uh, the whole entourage effect uh, that you talk about that uh, needs to be discussed a whole lot more for sure. All right, let's get into change makers now. And uh, you're, you're telling us about clubhouse, which I've heard a little bit about, but I don't know <laughs> a lot about. So I want to say this, I have been on the fence about this for a long time. So I've had several people invite me to clubhouse and I did not really get like, what's the point? Social media is largely a boons of no man's land for cannabis people because everything's getting shut down or blocked. We've talked about this a lot. So a lot of people that are in my circle were inviting me to clubhouse and, and I had to deliberate because you can only get it on iPhone. And my daughter is the one that is the only person that has an iPhone in our house. She has a iPhone version that is, you know, not current anymore, but is still able to get clubhouse on it. Essentially, I had to make a decision as a parent to remove something that she uses all the time to communicate with her outside world and her friends in order to download the Clubhouse app because it has an 18 plus filter just for downloading it. And her phone is like, you know, parent block, so she can't get anything on there over, other than her Peppa Pig stuff and, you know, kid stuff. So Clubhouse as an app blew my mind the second I got on it. I figured out pretty quick, this is the place where people are talking. It's like, a, it's an audio only platform. And the pictures you see are the people that are, their faces are all you see, or their, their icons are all you see. And you can follow anyone on there, but you can't speak unless you're invited by the moderator. So the guy with the green circle next to his name, he's the only person that can let you into that conversation to speak. And he's doing that based on A, if they know you or follow you, or more likely, because everyone's new, they're looking at your bio. So they, you have to, you have the ability to create a bio, kind of like on Facebook or LinkedIn. And based on what you put in there, they'll, you know, if it's right for the conversation, they get to decide. They're the gatekeeper in this case. So I made the decision. I took the phone away from my daughter, which was like World War III at our house over the weekend. And I just tried this and see if it was a good way to spread the word of what I was working on. Sure enough, within like an hour of being on the platform, I already had like 100 followers. And I talked on a, a couple of people invited me to speak on a couple different platforms. And it was as a result of talking about the green book, because that was sort of what we were doing last week was launching the green book. I already have people signed up to be users of that app. So that's a conversion rate of like the best ever in terms of social media conversion rates and very powerful for someone in the cannabis space, because there's a lot of people on there that are talking about how do we get around social media 
and they're literally coaching them each, each other on here's here let's look at your profile and how do you get around social media for a cannabis um social media person or cannabis business i'm like i have found my tribe these are the people that have this problem and i can essentially help them and help grow my business and this is incredibly empowering in the 24 hours that i was looking at it interesting i'm definitely gonna have to uh, check out that app i'm lucky that i have an iphone and i don't have to steal it away from any small children so i will but not you have be to be invited any so fights. you right. gotta make sure you got on that invite list dean and you're already on mine so make well, you sure don't you have, get it printed. but you don't have to be invited to go on the app though right you can just you go do, on and no, listen you can download the app yeah no, no, you have to be invited. Yeah, you have to be. You have to get a link to 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 be like into the into the app. Yes, and mm. each person only gets two. So you're. It's like at the, at the beginning, you only get two invites. I just got upgraded to a third invite because I'm such an influencer, apparently. Mm-hmm. But that's what I mean. It's, there's this limited capacity thing, and it's all live. You can't record anything. You can't say that. It's pretty cool. But yeah, mm. this is the thing. You will get an invite shortly, and and you'll check it out for yourself. I will indeed have to do that. All right. Uh, when it comes to what it means to be green, where are you going today? Okay. So today we were talking about the concept. Oh, yeah. The green Mugglehead people. Yeah. So Mugglehead is another publication of, um, you know, they're journalists. I would say they're pretty good uh, journalists covering the cannabis space in Canada. And, you know, I have been talking on the National Cannabis Working Group roundtables every single time. There's been six of them about my perspective and like my solutions to the problem. So this journalist group picked up a lot of the comments I was saying was publishing them, but they got my name wrong. The only part they got right, like I, I was quoted in three out of their six cover, coverages and they didn't get my name right twice in any of them. So this is the part my my joke was, the only part that they got right was the word green. <laughs> and the rest of it, I literally called the editor. I'm like, can you just spell my name right? Like he called me Mark in one and like something totally obscure in another one. And he was very apologetic, but it didn't catch my own filters for how I, you know, check my own feeds. So that's what I mean is that he got green, right? Awesome. But uh, he, there was a great section of quotes in there about the things that I talked about in these sessions as solutions to the problem, which he covered in his articles. So I was very happy that they had picked that up um, and then corrected my name spelling. And hopefully they'll be able to catch out more things that I mentioned in the future. So that's my point about what it means to be green this week. What were some of the issues that, uh, that they had quoted you on that, that you had uh, been speaking up about? Awesome. Yeah. So the three big ones that I I, uh, mentioned here are um, I suggested that terpene profiles is a great thing to be on labels, but shouldn't necessarily be mandatory because of the content that it is. I said there should be other or optional leaflets or additional information available at the pharmacy or similar to like what they have at a pharmacy when you get additional information on on medication. And we've seen great examples of this with terpene cards. So I said there needs to be supplemental information that includes the full spectrum information about the terpene profile that's not necessarily directly on the label, just so you get more information that's not constrained to the size of the label. So that was one. Um, And then the other thing I talked about was tackling money laundering. Uh, It's, you know, it's been kind of a problem with the industry where, you know, RCMP are sort of passing off the buck saying it's low on their enforcement uh, law enforcement priority list uh, within the sphere of cannabis because but there's a lack of overall scrutiny um, of selling uh, illicit illicit cannabis um, and I was saying that you know while they're looking at the like the regulated or the new cannabis industry or the new businesses like uh, your friend that was on last week that was talking about insurance companies those are the companies 
literally getting scrutinized on the definition of cannabis to set up a bank account or get a rental space. Um, and that's the reason is they're looking in the wrong places. Uh, they really need to be looking at traditional businesses that have nothing to do with cannabis and have anomaly, anomalies in their selling patterns um, and that are paying GST and other you know things, but are just doing it. They're selling cannabis, but they're actually selling something without a regulated in other regulated way. So I brought that up in the session. And so that was the solution is like, you know, check other spots. Don't look at the people that are actually trying to do it legally because you're just blocking them from doing business. And then the last one I talked about um, is just having a national awareness campaign. Like, so Canada has a massive um, you know, pr priority to educate their population in terms of lots of change. Like COVID is an example, like every single province and you know, nationally, they've got a, a bucket for marketing for how to explain COVID so people will comply with these funny ads, like the Alberta one with the guy with the funny head, the COVID head. So that's what I mean. The government has a dollars allocated for mass awareness and consumer education programs, and they have spent next to zero dollars on properly educating people on cannabis. They just simply make it a bad thing, like don't do it, don't use it with really stupid analogies that don't make any sense. So that's what I mean is use it for a public education campaign, not a don't do it campaign. And might you might get a little bit farther uh, dollars for your buck. It's it's insane that the um, and, and I told this uh, when I spoke with Anne McClellan, who was part of the task force for legalizing it. One thing I said, you've put cannabis in the same thing as tobacco. Instead, it should be. Um, you know, get the same uh, equal rights as alcohol. And her response was, well, they should all be. Well, well good luck getting alcohol back in the bottle. That genie's not yeah, exactly. going back in the bottle with the amount of money that is made. So that's just a, just a bunch of, uh, you know, smoke. Uh, and and, and the, the, like the other thing is the PSAs that they put out, like, listen, I have, uh, you know, been an on and off cannabis user since I was 15. I have never forgotten. Well, first of all, I've never went through a drive through high, but I've never forgotten to order fries or anything like that. Like the PSAs <laughs> that they have out there are just ridiculous. Yes, the ones about uh, smoking cannabis and driving where you can get pulled over and lose your license. I have no problem with those and getting the <laughs> the uh, message out there that you shouldn't be uh, doing that. But the, the, the other ones, they just make you make cannabis users look like morons and that's only exactly. furthering the stigma <laughs> right exactly like that's what they mean is first of all those are put on by mothers against drunk driving so that's actually a private you know a separate group from government they're a public they're a policy group a lobby group for their cause so that isn't even government dollars what i'm talking about here is just educating consumers on what legal cannabis products look like like what does an excise stamp look like hey consumer do you know that your product needs to contain this little stamp thing that looks like it's a piece of money on every cannabis product. Because mm. if you've never seen one before and you've been buying products online or from whoever you get them from and, whoa, you didn't even know that it had to be there because no one from the government who makes the stamps right. has told you that you need to make sure it has this. That's what I mean. Is It's not about educating them on the good or the bad. It's just it's like just a flat line. Here's some new things that you'll see. Like this is a new stop sign. It might be a little bit different than the previous version you saw. It mm -hmm. still means it's the same thing. So that's what I mean is educating them on the things that they've created to create the differentiation like it's it's like it doesn't make it doesn't mean anything if it's being rolled out great we all have these excise stamps great we all have these new like uh, laws around what we do but the end consumer has no way of knowing that what is okay and what isn't okay because the people that have created those 
new markings have not marketed them. Indeed, it's uh, there's there's certainly a lot of education that needs to uh, take place, and people can find some of that uh, education and find out how Melka can help you at www.greengencompany.com. There it is on the screen if you are indeed watching. Thank you so much, Melka. Have a great week and stay warm. Thanks, Dean. You too. and follow us on social media at the cannabis 101 on twitter at the cannabis 101 podcast on instagram and at the canna 101 podcast on facebook you can email us at cannabis 101 podcast at gmail.com